0: The Dunhuang Caves are an amazing window into the ancient past. Nonetheless, even though we can see the caves and the murals now, it's not always clear what we are seeing and we may never know exactly what happened in the past. Sometimes researchers can only make guesses based on quite limited information. Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Why We Love Dunhuang podcast. Today we will visit Cave 217. Constructed around 700 A.D., namely the end of the early Tang and the beginning of the high Tang, the landscape paintings of this cave are classics, but scholars do have different views about what it is exactly that was painted on the walls. Inside the central frame on the south wall, is a preaching scene in which Mount Sumeru, the central world mountain in Buddhist cosmology, is painted with eight temple halls standing on its upper slopes. The two sides and below the preaching scene is a landscape covered with more than 30 scenes of figures and buildings, and each scene has one or several oblong frames with unidentified words. Parts of the bottom of the mural have been lost, There are different opinions about the content of the murals. Some consider it comes from the Lotus Sutra, one of the most important Buddhist texts. But those who disagree argue that some scenes depicted here have never been seen in paintings of the Lotus Sutra in any other caves. Another popular assumption is those scenes are based on the Unisa Vijaya Dharani Sutra a Buddhist scripture that helps people purify all evil karma or deeds and eradicate karmic obstruction. It was introduced to China from India during the Tang dynasty and was widely practiced in China and the rest of East Asia as it was said that reciting the sutra can bring the deceased out of suffering. That the murals of Cave 217 are related to this sutra has gained widespread support since people identified a non-Chinese figure from the murals. Who is this guy? Well, according to some researchers, he may be the Indian monk who brought the special sutra to China and helped to translate it into Chinese. The legend goes like this. Around the 7th century, an Indian monk who called himself Buddhapala made a pilgrimage to Mount Wutai in China. Mount Wutai is regarded as the sacred home of the Bodhisattva Manjushri, commonly known as the Deity of Wisdom. When Buddha came to Mount Wutai, he met an old man who asked him if he had brought the famous sutra with him. Buddha said he only wanted to see the deity and didn't think about the sutra. Then the old man said, If you don't bring the sutra, what's the use of just coming here? Even if you see Manjusri, can you recognize him? You should go back to India to get this sutra and bring it back to China. This is the great merit of worshipping Manjusri, which will benefit all living beings. If you bring this sutra, I will tell you where Manjusri is. Buddha Pala was overjoyed by the old man's words and bowed to him. But when he looked up, the old man was gone. He was startled and believed the old man's words even more. He hurried back to India and found the Sutra. In fact, the old man that Buddhapala met in Mount Wutai was Manjushri's manifestation. Several years later, Buddhapala came to China again with the Sutra. He submitted the sutra to the Chinese emperor of the Tang Dynasty and told him about his encounter on Mount Wutai. The emperor gave him 30 rolls of silk as a reward and planned to keep the original sutra, which is written in Sanskrit, in the palace. Buddha cried to the emperor. I brought this sutra all the way, in the hope that this sutra can save the sufferings of all life beings, not seeking fame or profit. Please, return the Sanskrit version to me, and let it play a bigger role." The emperor agreed. He kept the translated Chinese text and returned the original copy to this Indian monk. Later, Buddhapala worked with some senior Chinese monks and translated a better Chinese version of the sutra. Legend has it that after he finished his translation work, Buddhapala took the original sutra to Mount Wutai again, where he finally found Manjushri and was never seen again. Budhapala may be a pioneer of cultural communication, Nowadays, you can still find content of this famous sutra carved in some stone tablets on Mount Wutai. The story of this Indian translator has become a well-known legend around the area. Okay, now back to the murals of Mogao Cave 217. Many researchers believe that the non-Chinese figure in the murals is the Indian monk Bhutthapala, as the scenes depicted here coincide with his story. Starting horizontally from the top western corner, we can see an exotic monk making a pilgrimage to Mount Wutai. He's riding a horse and wearing a bamboo hat. In another scene, an old man in a white robe is standing there with a cane and a monk is kneeling and kowtowing to him. Another monk stands nearby with his hands folded. Behind them is an attendant with two horses. This means Budapala met an old man on Mount Wutai. In the next scene, the old man disappeared and the monk kneeling on the ground looks quite shocked. An Indian city is depicted which refers to when Budapala went back to India to retrieve the sutra. Then the monk is again in China. He offers the sutra to the emperor and receives 30 rolls of silk as a reward. There are only three rolls shown in this picture as symbolic of the 30. In the lower part, the monk is riding in the mountains again, which means Budapala has returned to Mount Wutai. There is a monk of a much larger size depicted in the corner, Some say this represents Manjushri, the deity of wisdom, who finally appeared in front of Buddhapala. Regardless of which sutra the murals of Cave 217 are really related to, the landscape painted here is gorgeous and represents the highest level of the unique blue-green mode of landscape painting of China's Tang Dynasty. When you stand in front of the mural, you can feel the fresh spring breeze coming out from a thousand years ago. It's a verdant spring scene. The artist mainly used ochre colour and darker and brighter greens to reflect mountains and the fullness of spring. Everything is so natural. The mountains are green, the waterfall cascades over the cliff, the rivers meander, the wind blows the willows, the flowers are in full bloom, and near and far, people walk through the hills. What an ideal place for hiking. Seeing such a pleasant scene, you would definitely have an urge to join them on a spring outing. Well, we don't have much time to linger here and enjoy the wonderful feeling of walking among the green mountains and beside the blue waters, because some more exciting caves are waiting for us as we move on to the Hai Tang period. That period, where we will focus next, is a high-water mark in the telling of the stories of Dunhuang, the largest Buddhist art gallery in the world. Special thanks go out to the Dunhuang Academy in Sanliang Zhongdu for contributing to the content of this podcast. If you like the show, do give us a five-star rating or a review. I'm Graham Stevens. See you next time on the Why We Love Dunhuang podcast.